0: Hey, do me a favor, we need house lights up because we need to help some folks find some seats today, okay? If you got some seats, hold the number up that you have next to you. we got some seats down front in the splash zone down front, this is where it's at. You guys that are standing, come find a seat if you would, please, because it is about to get thick in here, amen? Hey, while they're doing that, I just want to let you know it's been a great day already in this house, amen? Have you already felt the presence of the Lord? It's awesome. For those of you that are watching us online, thanks for dialing in pray that you're having a great day wherever you are. Hey, you know, there's so much going on here at this house that I don't think you understand. We get just, we, we, our, our, our scope of the move of the spirit of God, I believe is so limited because for some of us, this is all we see is what's happening in this room at this moment. Do you know that right now your kids are having a blast? Do you know that right now that they're probably having more fun than we are actually, to be honest with you, they have snacks back there. I mean, you know goldfish just take any program over the top, amen? Listen, here's the deal. I love people that, that serve. In fact, we believe here at 1910 Church that service is, is, a, is, is a part of discipleship. We believe that growing, maturing believers of Jesus Christ serve. Serve. Now that's not something we just made up, but, but you find that model through Jesus. And so right now there are a group of people that are working in our kids' ministry, making it happen. And, 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 and I especially love it, check this out, when dudes work in kids' ministry, men. In fact, check this out. Hello, my name is uh, Robert Bonsuelo. I started doing this um, as a way to give back to the church, I believe that I personally needed to plug in. My daughter was coming, and I said, you know, it's not right for me to drop my daughter off and uh, not help out. And uh, I tell you what, I've gained more from serving and watching these little kids grow up than probably I've been serviced to this this church and these kids. It's uh, it's definitely if you're looking for something to do and you and you don't know what to do. Um, God works to us in many ways. And one you might not think that you can help, uh, serve or direct traffic, or you don't like, you might not be able to talk to people, but we, there's something always to do. And in the kids ministry, they definitely, it's, it's a fun time down here. I love that. He said that he's growing while he's serving. Come on, can we give it up for Robert Valenzuela right there? How about that? That's Awesome. I, I, I love it when men serve. I love it when dudes get involved. And even in kids' ministry, that is, that is awesome. So Robert, I don't know if you're here, but bro, thank you so much for serving. And, and I'm telling you, check this out. You never know who you're serving in kids' ministry. Watch this. Uh, Isn't that so sweet? Look at her. She's so adorable. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks Uh to the Holy One. Damaris Guerra. Yeah, that's who that is. Because he's given Jesus Christ. Yeah. A little pitchy, but that's okay. It's good. Oh, <laughs> the oh they're he tweeting messages when i first heard Jesus tears Christ rolling down my face i love it got to have church right here listen Isn't that awesome? We can stop. Listen, listen, that's that's the same girl that just led us in worship right here, Damaris Guerra, four, four years old. So check this out. You never know, you might have a TBN superstar in kids' ministry today. I'm telling you, man, world changers. Man, I bit people when I was that age and look at me now. You never know. You never know. You never know what God can do. Amen. Amen. Thank you for all of you that, that serve. I love Robert says, you know, man, I'm going to serve an hour and then I'm gonna come and, and sit for an hour and get fed. And I, I just love that. Thank you, God, for your spirit and what you're doing here on this campus. Amen. Hey, I want to pray for an unleashing of the Spirit on another one of our churches here in our community. Grab somebody's hand next to you this morning as a spirit of unity as we pray, and just join me in prayer right now. Father, I want to thank you for being with us. That stirring that you feel right now maybe in your soul, that's the Spirit of God that's working, okay? It's not about people on this platform or the, 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 the decibel level, but it's the Spirit of God that is stirring your spirit. And God, we know that you're present here and there's a a great work that you desire in this house today. But I wanna pray today for Living Hope Church here in Bernie, Texas, and my dear friend, Pastor Jeremy Erickson. Lord, I wanna thank you for that house and for how years... That church has been a, a, a beacon of light here throughout our community. They've been blessed with great leadership for years. There's an anointing on that house and through Pastor Jeremy and the folks gathered at Living Hope today, I know that your spirit's gonna do a great and awesome work. Pastor Jeremy said that he's, he's preaching on prayer today. I love that. And he, he, he's praying for a greater uh, awareness in his, his fellowship of this power that is available to us through prayer. And what a privilege it is, but there's power available. God, I pray that you would just unleash yourself in a mighty way today, that today would be a game-changing day at Living Hope. God, anoint my friend, Pastor Jeremy Erickson, as he delivers your word. I pray that he would decrease so that you can increase and do a great work through him today. God, thank you for being with us. We know you're here. You said you never will leave us and so you're present. God, we know that that when you when when you said that that when you called us into go into all the world, you said, "Lo, I am with you always." And so you're with us. So thank you, Spirit, for being present. I pray that you would shake us and wake us today to new truth of who you are and what you want to do through us. In Jesus' name, if you're ready, say Amen. Amen. If you're ready, say amen. 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 Here we go. We're in this series. Uh, it doesn't have a name, it just has a symbol. I thought about changing the theme song to it, you know, dig if you will the picture. Remember when doves fly, you remember that? Worked for Prince, right? Many of you, many of you, now I just lost you. I know I lost you. I lost some of you, right? I was at my 30 year high school reunion this weekend and I was the best looking one there. I just want you to know. <laughs> no and all of our eyesight's bad. I mean, we're, it, it was awesome. But, but we're in this series on the Holy Spirit. And so for, for a lot of us, there are a lot of images that come to mind when we think of the Spirit of God. It could be a, a fire, a flame of fire. It could be a, a wind blowing of some sort. But we've chosen the spirit of, of a dove because uh, we, we, we just think that it's, it's a great symbol to remind us. And there's great biblical analogies when it comes To the Holy Spirit of God as well. and Just as a reminder, last week we started this series dealing with who the Holy Spirit is, and and I think it's important for us, and that's why we've carved out time in in our teaching schedule to really, really unpack the work of the Holy Spirit uh, in our lives today. I I grew up in a a church, and and I met someone earlier today that said they grew up in a church where where we're just talking about the Holy Spirit and who He is and, and how He works. It just it was maybe entered casually if it was entered at all, that topic. And so we really believe that there is a power that is available to us if we will just tap in to this person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has always been, you know that, right? It's not just something that, that was present when, when Jesus left here, but I find that the Holy Spirit was present even at the beginning of creation In the triune God, there was God the Father and God the Son and the Holy Spirit already at work, already at work and still present with us today. Last week, as we looked at the, who the Holy Spirit is, we we talked about some of the things that the Holy Spirit still does in, in, in our world today. He, he We know that he speaks. Aren't you glad that, that the Holy Spirit speaks to us? He, he intercedes on our behalf. He teaches us. I, I learned early on when, 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 and when I was growing in, in, in ministry that, that truth is not discovered, but it's revealed. and Whether that be through a speaker or a Bible study, that, that when I dive into the Word of God or when I'm listening, the Holy Spirit is What's gonna teach you something today? He's gonna stir something within you. We know that the Holy Spirit leads us. We know that He appoints, He puts people in our lives to to push us forward towards holiness. And last week we ended with this thought that the Holy Spirit is what empowers us as believers. And today that's where we're gonna launch out into, okay? We're gonna talk about this power that is available to us. The Holy Spirit. Now, before I share with you some new things, let me just remind you of a couple of foundational um, truths that, that, that we want to make sure we understand each and every time we think about the Holy Spirit. First of all, you need to know that God is not a forcer, but a filler. Okay, He's not going to force himself upon anyone in here today. But, but what he will do for those of you that are hungry and those of you that will open up your life to, to desire and, and, and receive more, guess what he does? He does that. He, he fills you. Now, could God strike us down and could God do whatever he wants to do? Absolutely. But, but you find time and time again that, that God comes upon those who are ready to receive him. When, when, when I said yes to Jesus at the age of nine years old, my parents were praying for me. My pastor was praying for me. That Sunday school teacher in that class where I bit kids, I'm sure was praying for me. But the reality is none of those people could force Jesus into my life. God wanted to come in. Jesus wanted to come in. But until I called upon the name of the Lord, I called upon the name of the Lord. That's when I was saved. Are you with me there? God's not a forcer. He's a filler. And then I think this is so important also when it comes to the Holy Spirit, because just when I mentioned that some of us have some we might get the heebie-jeebies or we have some misconceptions or thoughts. And we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's going there, right? I grew up in a church where, where when, when they did talk about it, it wasn't the Holy Spirit, but it was the Holy Ghost. Now, now, that really freaked out a little boy growing up in church, you know? I knew Casper was the friendly ghost, but all the other ones? I mean, that was back with Poltergeist and E.T. back in the day. Man, that messed me up, right? The Holy Ghost. He's called that the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand something that we need not be afraid of the Holy Spirit. You need not be afraid of, of his working in your life. You need not be scared of what he may call you to. Listen, God is for you. And there's a great thing he wants to do through you. But, but let me just remind you of something. Just because you have not experienced something does not make it not real. Not real. And for some of us, when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, some of us have different experiences with him and, than, than others. And, and, and so we, we, we can tend to look and say, oh, they've had this experience, but I haven't. So maybe what they've experienced, I don't know if that's real or it's fabricated or it's man-made. And we just be careful of that, that just because you've not experienced something does not make it not real. There are some people in this room today that have had some deep encounters with the Spirit of God. Let me hear you this morning. And there are some others in this room today that have not had as deep an experience, and that's okay. That's why we are in this journey together, amen? Because I guarantee you, those of them that just hooted and hollered and clapped, they want more of the Spirit as well today, amen? None of us are there. Listen, I don't eat just one time. It is a constant feeling that... Why are you laughing? That, that wasn't meant to be funny. I'm so hurt right now. That's okay. <clears throat> I want more. I, I want to be filled with more. And may I never be satisfied. Amen? Are you with me there? And so today I want us to talk about this power that is available. This dunamis, this power that is available to us through this person of the Holy Spirit. You know, my, my, my greatest example of someone who walked in the Spirit, of course, is, is Jesus himself. And, and I don't know if you've ever thought about the life of Jesus and done a great study of who he is and, and what he was all about. But, but, but you will soon find, if you spend any time looking into the life of Jesus, Jesus depended on the presence of the Spirit, didn't he? He 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 constantly was was looking to the Spirit, constantly seeking his Father's heart. It, it was the Spirit that motivated Jesus towards all the things that, that the Father wanted him to be a part of. We know that, that, that Jesus was anointed by the Spirit as he began his his Public ministry here on earth. For, for for 30 years, Jesus was a homebody, grew up at home, probably close to mom and dad, maybe even working with his father, with his hands, building and constructing things. But we know that sometime around the age of 30, Jesus left his earthly father's business and embraced his heavenly father's business. How many of you know that sometimes the business that your heavenly father has? It's quite different than what your earthly father desires of you, right? Um, but around the age of 30, we know that Jesus began his public ministry and he found this crazy preacher in the wilderness by the name of John the Baptist who was baptizing people in the Jordan River. And Jesus symbolized his work For his father in heaven that day says he was baptized, right? And the spirit of God descended upon him in the form of a dove. The Holy Spirit approved Jesus for his the ministry of his father in heaven. We know that soon after that, after he walked out of that Jordan River, Jesus immediately was compelled to go into the wilderness. He was compelled to go to the wilderness in the power of the spirit is what scripture says. You know, the spirit sent Jesus into a difficult, tumultuous 40 days, but he was there. He was there with him when the enemy came and tempted him three times. And I, and, and I love that it says that, that when he came out of that, the spirit was still with him and on him. If you know anything about Jesus, you know that his ministry was marked by prophetic teachings on the kingdom of God. You know that there were exorcisms that he performed. We know that there were profound healings that all took place as a result of the spirit. How did he do it? It was the spirit. It was the motivating power of the spirit that enabled Jesus to to not only endure those temptations in life, but also to live in obedience to the father. So that got me to thinking And that's dangerous sometimes, but, but, but if Jesus required the spirit for life and faith, how much more do you and I need the spirit of God? And that's why we're going there today, because we need the spirit's power in order to truly follow Jesus in order for us to truly be the, the individual and to be the church that he's called us to be, listen, this must be a spirit church. And we must be a spirit people, amen? Yes. What I've understood and come to discover when it comes to the power that is available and when the, the, the thing about the spirit, he's not gonna force himself, but, but I must choose the spirit, I must choose. God desires that all of us walk in the fullness of the Spirit, and he, he wants you to experience his presence in a very powerful way today. But I must choose the Spirit. Jesus relied on the Spirit. He was tempted, and he faced suffering just as we do, but yet we find him remaining in communion with the Father, dependent on the power of the Holy Spirit. It was the Spirit that empowered Jesus and moted everything that he did. We need that. We need some of that. Help Jesus in his decision-making and help them during those times of temptation, but we must choose it. Now you need to know that God wants you to have the Spirit. In fact, He commands us in Ephesians chapter five verse 18, there's a command where it says, "To be filled with the Holy Spirit." Do you know that God commands us to be filled with the Spirit? And and, and if we're not filled, check this out, you're missing out on some incredible privileges that come with living in the Spirit. I think that's the great trouble with Christianity today. We're not living up on the level where God wants us to live. I know that there are many people listening live or, or watching online today that, that, that have the Spirit of God in you. Listen, at the age of nine, when I asked Jesus Christ to come into my life, he deposited his Spirit within me, right? But, but I'm telling you, I've not always lived on that level with the Spirit that God wants me to live. Can anybody relate to that? Yeah. Listen, we're not living up to that level oftentimes. We're, we're not truly I- enjoying the privileges and the benefits of, of being filled with the Spirit. And that's why we're gonna spend some time on it this, this morning. You know, after Jesus' death and his resurrection, we know that over the course of about 40 days, there were about a hundred different instances in which he came back and he revealed himself to people. I'm back. I'm I'm alive. And can't you just imagine how perplexed they were, not only seeing him die, but but then knowing that his body was not to be found in the grave? Can you not just sense the, the, the confusion, the disillusionment that must have been present with those disciples and early followers? So over the course of some 40 days, a hundred different appearances, Jesus would, would, would reveal himself to groups. And, 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 and there was one such instance in John chapter 20, the, the disciples and probably a few of the, the followers of Jesus have, have locked himself in a room because they're just terrified. They, they, they've known that, that, that Peter was, was, was known as someone that had been, aren't you one of his followers? And so they were terrified. They, they thought the Romans would, would believe that they were the ones responsible for his body missing. They are the minority in the city there and, and for fear of being hunted down. And John chapter 20, says that they, they, are, they are gathered together in a room when the doors are locked. And guess who shows up? Jesus shows up. Hey, can I just tell you something? You know that when Jesus shows up, things are better, right? I don't care where you're at today. When Jesus shows up, things change. Can you imagine the confusion that they must have had seeing Jesus there? In fact, we know that some even doubted, right? One of them's name was Thomas. In John chapter 20, Jesus begins to share with them, I'm alive. And, And I love this verse in 22. He says, he breathed on them. And look what he says. And he said, I want you to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just kind of share with you where I'm at. I believe that these men, these disciples, had the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. Think about it. Had they not, how would they ever have left their fishing nets, their families, their wife, their kids, their businesses, their hometown? If there was not a Spirit already working, what would have compelled them to leave all of that, to begin to follow a rabbi, that they really didn't know a lot about when he said, come follow me. There was already something at work within these disciples, already prompting them to leave everything to follow. I mean, if there was not a spirit of of Christ already at work within them, why would they for those three years put themselves through humiliation, ridicule, Why would they even place themselves through through times of of suffering if it had not already been for the Spirit of God working on them? Are you with me? Listen, these 12 were different men than any other man on the face of the planet at that time. They were different than even the best of the best in, 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 in the Jewish schools of the day. They had Jesus with them. There was already a Spirit working within them. But yet, we find almost the very first thing after the resurrection, when, when, when our Lord returns and, and appears to these disciples, and, and he begins to show them those, those nail prints in his, in his hands and that, those, those, his wounded side. He, he, what is it? He breathes upon them and he says, I want you to receive the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And again, in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, he says, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven, Luke 24, 49. Listen, if those men needed to be provided with power, that they were unlike any other 12 that were walking the earth at that time, but yet, The resurrected Christ says, listen, there's something more that I have for you. If they needed more power, how much more do you and I need it? If these 12, excuse me, 11 at this point, needed more power, folks, I can't help but think that there's something that the Spirit of God wants to awaken this house with today. The great trouble with so many of us that are gathered in houses of worship all across our nation today is is, is that we are working for God without power. Listen, we're filled with knowledge. A lot of us know the basics of who Jesus is and what he's done and, and what he's called us to, but yet houses of worship across our nation and around the world today will be filled with people who know, but they're not walking in the power. We know that we're sons and daughters of God, no doubt. We know that our identity, who we are in Christ, We know what awaits us in heaven, but we are sons and daughters without power. And that's the trouble with the church today. (laughs) Come on. In Acts chapter one, verses four and five, it says, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the father sends you the gift. He promised, as I told you before. Verse five says, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Drop down to verse eight. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now notice something with me here in, these, in, in this verse. Christ is speaking these words to these apostles that have already been with him for three years, he is speaking these words in Acts after they had already been encouraged by him in John twenty to receive the Holy Spirit. There was more for them. <laughs> Whew, I have some chills. Whew. Listen, there are two ways in which the Holy Spirit comes to a man or a woman. The spirit dwelling in him is one thing. At the age of nine, the spirit came within me. Amen. i am called upon the name of the Lord. I was saved. The Holy Spirit of God was planted within me. But the spirit also comes upon someone for power. That's another thing. What we're talking about today is not a matter of, of, of salvation and does Christ live within you. Just as these disciples had no doubt to me, already been walking under the power of the Spirit, there was a, yet a new power and a greater level that was awaiting them. Are you picking up what I'm putting down today? And I think that's where so many of us as Christians are misled. I've been misled for years. The trouble is, so many are not looking for the spirit of God for this power. We love the benefits, the abundant life, life here on earth, abundant and pleasant and joyful. And we love that our eternity is sealed. Yes, it is sealed in glory in heaven one day. But I'm telling you, there is a power, there is a dunamis that is available for us today that I just think makes that abundant living on earth just go to a whole nother level. It's different. It's different. Now I said this last week when it comes to this empowerment that the spirit brings us. I said last week that as a Christian, you have this power of the living God within you and he's providing for you strength to face the day. He's providing for your every need. He, He has filled you with his love. He's planted his story within you so that you in turn will go and share it with those around you, right? Listen, God has filled us with his spirit to use us for his purposes. Do you know what that means? God has chosen you to be on his team. He's chosen you and he wants to do something awesome, a great work through you as a son and daughter of the King. You belong to him and there is a special purpose and plan for your life. But check this out when the disciples were about to begin their great work for the Father. For three years, Jesus had been right beside them. They heard his words like you're hearing mine today. They were able to touch him. They, I'm sure they hugged and, 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 and wrestled together. They shared Meals together. He saw, they, they saw Jesus perform miraculous signs. They saw, they, 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 they saw people respond to him and they saw they were just with him. And we've been saying that Jesus inside of us is better than Jesus beside us, right? When the disciples, it's interesting, when they're about to begin their ministry without Jesus present, we find these words in Acts, he says, you're gonna receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Hey, let me ask you a question. Next week, this is just kind of foreshadowing, okay? That, that means looking forward, right? I can't remember, I missed that part in English, but I think it's looking forward. Next week, we're, we're gonna look at Acts 2. But, but, and we're, you're gonna read about something that happened called the day of Pentecost. Let me ask you a question. Those of you that have an understanding of what the, how many do you suppose would have been converted on the day of Pentecost if Peter had, had gone and preached without this power in Acts 1, 8, not any, not a one because he would have been doing it out of the flesh and not under the power and the inclination, the prodding, the working of the Spirit. But see, in Acts 1.8, the power fell on him. And it actually, it was promised, and in Acts 2, it comes. And th- There was something about Peter. Yeah, this is the same one. He said, no, no, I don't know that Jesus. No, 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 I, you, you've got me confused with somebody else. The one that had denied three times? Are you kidding me? He wasn't excluded from this power in Acts? Mm-mm. That's good hope for someone here today. Because you think you're too far gone. You've done too many bad things. I'm telling you, mm-mm. You know, I lopped somebody's ear off, denied Christ. I don't care where you're at. But it's this Peter that preaches one of the greatest sermons they ever preached. Do you think he could have done that without this dunamis that fell in Acts 2? We find here the disciples commissioned to go and preach but, but, but Jesus told them to wait till they were provided with this power by the Holy Spirit. It's interesting to me in Acts chapter one, verse eight, Jesus did not tell them, hey, I want you to wait in, in Jerusalem until you're born again or till you're converted or till you're added to the body of Christ. No, that's not what he said. He said, I want you to wait till you're clothed with power. He didn't say, I want you to, I I, I want you to, you shall receive membership into the body of Christ when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's not what he said. He said, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Listen, we're not talking uh, about salvation. The Spirit comes in at that moment. We're talking about a new anointing, a filling, an experience, an encounter, a baptism, whatever you want to call it. We're talking about a power that the Holy Spirit rains down on someone. And can I just tell you something, how we need that power. How might this world change if, if, if we would just be filled with that same apostolic power that rained down in Acts? They waited as they were instructed to do so. They were waiting and praying for the Holy Spirit when suddenly we're gonna see in Acts two, there was a power that came And prepared them, making them ready for the awesome work to be done. And can I just tell you something? In Acts chapter 2, we're going to unpack that next week. There was more work done in in one day than in all of the three years they had been with Jesus prior to that. You think the Holy Spirit knew what he was talking about, about? You will do even greater things. The Lord said in John chapter 14, verse 12, he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. And a couple of chapters later in chapter 16, he says, in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, this advocate, this counselor, this paraclete will not come. If I don't go away or if I do go away, I will send him to you. Listen, when the power came on the apostles and acts, they did greater things than the master ever did. Transparent moment for you right now. Uh, th- there was a time when I thought that the raising of Lazarus was the greatest work ever done on this earth. But, but I think I have a new thought I think the conversion of those 3,000 Jews on the day of Pentecost was, was more wonderful. Th- think about this with me. Those were hard-hearted Jews full of hatred and unbelief. Many have no doubt that heard Peter preach that sermon that we're gonna look at next week in Acts 2. There is no doubt that many of them murdered Jesus Christ, but yet you're gonna find them being swept down by the mighty power of the Spirit. Can I just tell you what the greatest miracle is? We talked about you are a miracle working God. Can I just tell you to me what the greatest miracle is? The greatest miracle in life is when someone who was walking in darkness says yes to Jesus and sees the light. It is. We ought to celebrate that. The reality is many of you clapped louder yesterday for a football team than you just did when I made that statement. And the reality is so many of us miss the miracle working God because we're looking for for legs to be extended or or we're looking for, you know, uh, uh, bank accounts to be fat. We're praying for these miracles and God does those. Believe me, he does those things. But let us never miss sight of the reality of salvation in someone's life. That's why we have a found sign out in our atrium. Many of you thought, man, they've got some burnout light bulbs. No, they're dark for a reason. Because we leave those bulbs dark on a sign that says found. And when somebody says yes to Jesus, they're no longer lost. They're found. And they turn a dark bulb and turn the light on. Those bulbs work. That's why we pause and we holler while you're drinking coffee and signing up for life groups. We say, hey! A miracle has happened today. Somebody that was walking in the dark, somebody that was blind, their scales have been pulled off. There was a young man by the name of Brando last Sunday that now will be with us in glory. A miracle, a miracle, a miracle. Now check this out. I got to go because Ezra's up here playing the piano. That's our, that's our code that you're talking too much. Listen, we have obstacles in our culture today that may be somewhat different, but make no mistake, they're just as great as what the apostles were experiencing in Acts. Listen, the gospel that we're preaching, just as the gospel, how would you, is it not hard to call people to place their faith in a God that they can't see and touch? It's hard. We are talking about a supernatural gospel. You know what supernatural means? It means, not natural it's 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 different and i don't know when the last time is you tried to share jesus with someone i hope you've done that but it's difficult sometimes isn't it because we're a culture that says i need to see it before i believe it how do you explain? And then how did the apostles explain? Hey, I'm just telling you this Jesus that y'all hung on the cross that you saw die. Hey, hey soldier that you, the one that pierced his side, I'm just telling you he is the Messiah. What do you mean? I'm, and I'm telling you he's alive. We've seen him, come on. You guys have seen a dead man. We've seen him. Can you imagine how difficult it must've been for them to explain that? That's not natural. But yet they continue to run with incredible fervor. You know why? Because they had the power of the Spirit upon them. Listen, it is gonna require the same power in our lives in this day. We have got to have this supernatural power in order to preach a supernatural gospel. You need it. We need the Holy Spirit power. We need the Holy Spirit baptism. And here's what I mean. You see, being baptized with the Holy Spirit is when a believer in Jesus Christ receives extraordinary power for Christ-exalting ministry. Now, remember one of the things that I shared with you last week about a litmus test on, on if something really is a working of the Spirit? Listen, the workings of the Holy Spirit always exalt Jesus Christ. They never exalt a human being. We are culture consumed with idols and icons, aren't we? We elevate people. Whenever we see them do something or stand for something or make a statement, I'm just telling you, the litmus test for true workings of the Holy Spirit is that it will always exalt Jesus Christ. It will never be about an individual. That's why John, long before Jesus ever begins his ministry, says, I must decrease so that he can increase. Even John knew that it's about Jesus. We need a filling we need a baptism. We need an encounter, experience, whatever you want to call it, of the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, Jesus needed it to do his work. The disciples needed it to do theirs. And the Church of Jesus Christ today needs the same power. Would you stand with me today? Now check this out. This is this is I, I'm about to set a hook for you. I want you to come back next Sunday, okay? I I want you to come next Sunday because we're gonna look in Acts chapter two and we're gonna discover how the Holy Spirit fell on those apostles and the early church. And, And we're gonna see what happened as a result of that. And I'm also gonna share with you next Sunday a fresh experience that I've had with the Spirit of God over the last couple of weeks. And it's awesome. The reason I'm gonna share it with you is because I want you to have what I have. The same experiences that God has given me is the same for all of us to experience today. Ministry team, would you come and join me down front this morning? And, And I want you to know that when I call our team forward and when we stand down forward every week, we believe in prayer. We believe that a miracle working God is present with us today and we would be honored. The greatest joy for us would be able to walk alongside of you with whatever you're facing and dealing with today. For some of you, maybe, you need to say yes to Jesus as Lord and Savior. For some of you here today, there is some other miracle that you're searching for today. Listen, He's present and these are Spirit-empowered people right here. They are lit. And I would love for you to let us serve and come alongside of you with whatever you're experiencing today. Jesus, I pray that you've been exalted today. I pray that the things that have been shared have have been your words for your church. Lord, I just know when I look at your word, I, I, I just know that there's so much more that you have for us. I, I know, God, that you are you're, you're wanting to unleash a power upon us that, that we can't explain, it, it can't be contained, it's mysterious, but yet, God, it is Holy Spirit-driven and it will bring supernatural results. God, I pray that we would seek it. God, I pray that we would desire to be filled with it. May we never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, you're dismissed.